A near 600-year-old castle stands within a housing estate in Sunderland, in the northeast of England. For decades it stood empty, unused, and famously haunted by the ghost of a young stable hand who was murdered at the hand of his master, the lord of the castle. Tonight, join me as we investigate the cowled lad of Hilton Castle. Welcome to episode 25 of How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the most haunted places on planet Earth. I'm Rob Kirkup, author, paranormal historian and ghost hunter from the northeast of England. Allow me to be your guide as we dare to investigate in depth the often dark and troubled history of each location. And of course, the chilling tales of the ghosts that reside within. This week we head to North East England and ask, just how haunted is Hilton Castle? Listener discretion is advised, as each episode of How Haunted will feature gruesome tales, horrific happenings, bloody murder, and ghosts. So many ghosts. Listen on if you dare. The castle has stood on this site in the North Hilton area of Sunderland since the 11th century. The first castle was made of wood, but between 1435 and 1447, a fortified manor house was built upon the site for Sir William Hilton. The only building that survives today of the original castle is the gatehouse. It remains an imposing structure decorated with all manner of stonework depicting the arms of the Hiltons, the white heart emblem of Richard II, the banner of Henry IV and the stars and stripes of the Washington family. Surviving documentation and excavations carried out in 1994 by Channel 4's time team, means that we know that there were a number of other buildings to the east of the gatehouse, which likely included a kitchen, hall, chambers and barns. It was occupied by the Hiltons, for whom the area is named, for generations. Alterations and improvements were made over the centuries. 
In the 1700s, Sir John Hilton made major alterations, redesigning the interior, adding a complementary south wing, crenellations to both wings, he removed the door of the north wing, and he added the distinctive large Italianette windows that were fashionable at the time. It turned out that the 18th Baron Sir John was the last of the Hiltons, and he died in 1746. Having no male heirs, his nephew, Sir Richard Musgrave, inherited it, and in 1749 it was sold to Lady Bowes, the widow of Sir George Bowes of Gibside in nearby Gateshead. It's unclear if she ever lived in the castle, but it later passed to her grandson John Bowes, the 10th Earl of Strathmore in Kinghorn. John made a number of improvements, employing Pietro La Francini, who worked for architect Daniel Garrett. Garrett himself had worked for Lady Bowes on Gibside's banqueting house. English writer William Howitt would later visit Hilton Castle, and when writing of the work done by John Bowes in his book, Visits to Remarkable Places, which was published in 1842, it said that the rooms had stuccoed ceilings with figures, busts on the walls, and one large scene which seemed to be Venus and Cupid, Apollo fiddling to the gods, Minerva in her helmet, and an old king. The castle was left empty for a period, and then it was leased to a local businessman called Simon Temple in 1812. He found it to be in a state of decay, so he set about restoring it to be his family home. He also re-roofed the chapel. He added battlements to the wings. But his grand plans of living in a castle were short-lived, when his businesses faltered, and he found himself unable to afford to complete the work he had started. By 1819, a Thomas Wade was living in the castle, but before long, it was empty and abandoned again. By 1840 it was being used as a boarding school, but by 1842 it was once again empty, with the windows boarded up. In January 1856 the castle was on fire, and in 1862 the castle was put up for sale by the Bowes family. It was bought by a local timber merchant by the name of William Briggs. He made some drastic changes to the castle, changing the appearance to what he considered to be more authentically medieval. Briggs' son inherited the castle in 1871, and it was he who built the nearby St Margaret's Church, which is no longer standing today. In 1908, it was sold to Wearmouth Coal Company, and it eventually became the property of the National Coal Board. In the 1940s, Sunderland was expanding rapidly, and the castle was suddenly surrounded by housing estates, including one which was imaginatively named Hilton Castle. Following vandalism, the lead from the roof being stolen, and extensive decay, Hilton Castle was taken by the Ministry of Works in 1950, as the alternative was demolition. Due to the advanced decay of the 19th century alterations, they removed all internal partitions and consolidated the shell to reveal the remaining medieval masonry. They replaced the missing lead roof with Rufenfelt to make the site waterproof. Hilton Castle has now been owned by English Heritage since 1984. The castle isn't the only building on the site, as there are the remains of St Catherine's Chapel, which is a stone chapel dating from the 15th century, which is built upon the site of an earlier chapel, which dates from 1157. During the 19th century, St Catherine's Chapel, much like the castle, fell into disrepair, and it too was taken over by the Ministry of Works in 1950. 
Hilton Castle is a Grade 1 listed building, and together with the adjacent St Catherine's Chapel, form a scheduled ancient monument. For decades the castle stood, unusually, in the middle of Sunderland housing estates, empty, unsafe and unloved. It wasn't possible to open that ancient door and allow anybody inside, as it simply wasn't safe to do so. Those who gazed upon this historical structure could only imagine what lay inside, what secrets lay hidden behind that enormous wooden door. Work began to make the castle safe in autumn 2017, a £4.2 million project which was a partnership between Castle and the Community and Sunderland City Council, funded by the Council and the Heritage Lottery Fund. Their ultimate aim was to transform the castle into a heritage and community venue to be enjoyed by all. This followed a quarter of a century of campaigning by passionate local people who wanted nothing more than to see Hilton Castle rightly take its place once more as being in the heart of the local community, rather than being a graffiti-covered shell offering nothing to the local people. The local people who knew not to go near it after dark, not only for fear of the ghosts believed to lurk in and around the old castle, but mainly because of the local youths who would hang around in the castle grounds at night, drinking cheap cider, taking drugs and looking for trouble. The castle finally opened to the public in 2019, allowing people inside once more, and it's now a popular visitor attraction. Hilton Castle is unquestionably best known for the story of its very own ghost, the Cowled Lad. In 1588, a group of local barons gathered for a feast at Hilton Castle. They drank their fill and feasted on the grandest food, pheasant, beef, venison and partridge. The Great Hall was buzzing with merriment. Musicians played and the drunk barons sang along tunelessly. Servants waited on them but the girls were groped and abused as they tried to do their job. Some of the elite even punched the servants for a laugh as they passed by. They considered themselves the elite and they could do whatever they liked. They had been known to set their hound on small boys if they couldn't find a fox to hunt. The terrifying youngster would run for his life as the dogs tried to tear him limb from limb, as the laughing barons followed on their horses. If the child was killed, it was put down to a terrible accident and the family would be bought off. In these dark times, before a local lady could wed her love, it was agreed that one of the barons would take her virginity. The barons pretty much controlled the entire north, and who could tell them otherwise? Nobody. It was a vile practice and despised by everybody, but any sign of dissent could cost people their homes or their lives. The party was coming to an end, and the drunks made their way to bed. One baron grabbed the hand of a young servant girl. He dragged her to his room, and despite her screams, she would be raped, and none of the staff would dare to try and put a stop to the horror. While the guests slept, the castle's staff had to clean the castle, removing vomit, mopping up pools of urine, and lighting candles to try and mask the disgusting smell. The Great Hall was a terrible state, and they only had six hours before the barons would rise to go on a boar hunt. Midway through the cleaning, the young maid appeared at the top of the stairs. Her dress was torn, and her eyes were blackened. She sobbed her heart out. This was the way life was back then, raw and unfair. If you had money, you could do whatever you wanted without fear of retribution. 
as the first of the hungover elite surfaced for breakfast. The staff that had now been working solid for 48 hours were criticised for being slow to serve them their quail's eggs and pork chops they had prepared. Some of the more experienced staff were conditioned to work in these hours, but the younger ones were struggling to keep their eyes open. Hilton's Lord and Master, Sir Robert Hilton, demanded that his horse be saddled in preparation for the hunt. He was told the stable boy, 14-year-old Roger Skelton, had already done it. Time passed by and Sir Robert became impatient. He went to the stables and he found the stable boy fast asleep in the hay. He was furious and he kicked the stable boy hard. He went to punch Roger, but the terrified stable boy dodged the blow and his master's fist smashed into a metal bucket. The Lord exploded into a fit of rage. He shouted and screamed at Roger, who was now backed against a wall, tears running down his face. Sir Robert picked up a pitchfork and threw it at him, pinning Roger to the wall. There was silence as they both looked at each other in shock. The Lord's actions were hitting home. The boy's vision began to fade, and then he was gone. His life extinguished. The boy's lifeless corpse was placed into the hay and covered up. The Lord saddled his own horse, and he told the staff that he had found the stable boy asleep and told him to leave Hilton and never return. Later that night the Lord returned to the stable and put the boy's lifeless body in a sack. He dragged it to a nearby unused well and threw the corpse down. It's historical fact that in 1609 Sir Robert Hilton was tried for murder. The Baron was found guilty, but since the body was never recovered he was later pardoned. It seems that the ghost of Roger Skelton found this too much and he came back to Hilton Castle. He is heard sobbing and wailing in the dead of night. Witnesses all said that the ghost was naked, which earned him the nickname the Cowled Lad, Cowled being the regional pronunciation of Cold. The Cowled Lad was good at scaring staff that thought that they could steal a little food and get away with it. One servant girl decided to have a crafty drink of cream when she was all alone, and she heard a voice say, Ye sip and ye sip, but ye never give the Cowled Lad a sip. In 1703, a well on the castle grounds was excavated and the body of a young boy was found. He was given a proper burial and the number of happenings dramatically decreased. However, even to this very day there are reported sounds of wailings coming from the empty castle late at night. In 1970, a miner was coming home from night shift at a nearby pit when he heard someone shout to him from inside the ruined castle walls. The next instant, a dark figure appeared alongside him the terrified man ran as fast as he could, but the figure kept pace no matter how fast he ran. As he neared his house, the figure vanished. The man ran through his door and he locked it behind him. When he plucked up the courage to look outside, he saw the dark figure standing at his front door, motionless, and it was there for the next few hours. Way, way back in the August of 2005, I opened my emails one glorious Sunday afternoon and had a new email in my inbox from a local woman, telling me of her experience at the castle on the Friday night, just two days earlier. A group of them had headed to Hilton Castle after dark, and experienced stones being thrown at them, loud bangs and raps coming from inside the castle, which was completely inaccessible at the time. They entered the woods that surround the castle, and froze when they heard the unmistakable sound of horses' hooves coming straight towards them at speed.
The sound got louder and louder until it just suddenly stopped and they heard nothing but silence and their pounding hearts in their chests. They later heard a woman's voice and saw dark shadows accompanied by laughing. I was amazed at the level of activity she claimed that they had experienced, so with nothing better planned for that evening, I made a decision there and then, which in hindsight may have been foolish. I decided that I would investigate Hilton Castle for myself that very night, and what's more, I would do it alone. I was living in a flat in Washington in Tyne and Weir at the time, having bought my first home since moving out of my parents, and it was only a 10 minute drive from there to Hilton Castle. So at about 5pm, I jumped in my car, a gold-coloured Toyota Yaris, to head along for a bit of a recce in daylight hours, to get a feel for the place, and see if I could identify the areas where I would focus my time later on, after darkness fell. The place was really busy on this sunny Sunday afternoon. There's a kiddies play park near the castle, and this was full of small children playing happily on the swings and the climbing frames, as their parents watched on. Round the back of the castle was a large group of teenagers, sharing a bottle of vodka and sniffing glue. It truly was an idyllic picture, totally in contrast to what it would be like when I returned later on. As I drove home, I had a feeling nagging away at me. A feeling of dread. I'm not normally worried about paranormal investigations, so I couldn't understand why I felt this way. Perhaps because I was going to be alone? Or maybe it was because of what had happened to the group who were there only two nights earlier. When I got back to my flat, I sorted out my equipment. And the equipment I would be taking tonight would be minimal. I had my mobile phone fully charged, a torch, a camera, and most importantly, a baseball cap. This would be my disguise. So if those troublesome Sunderland teens off their heads on smack or whatever turned up, they might think that I was one of them. Back in 2005, I wasn't a whole lot older than they were, so it was worth a try. I parked up at Hilton Castle at about 9pm, and as I stepped out the car, I looked up to the sky. It was already dark, and it was an incredibly clear night, offering up a blanket of stars. A cool breeze blew past me, and it made me consider just how close autumn was. It was mid-August, but September was just around the corner, bringing with it the change of the seasons, and the dark nights soon starting to set in. I grabbed my torch and my camera. I admit I was apprehensive about what lay ahead, and I wasn't yet sure if anybody else was hanging around the castle, so I left my torch turned off and made my way through the rusty old gate leading to the castle's entrance. As I walked up the gravel path towards Hilton Castle, I tried to imagine what the castle must have looked like 400 years ago when it was in its prime. Now, all of the windows were boarded up, the main entrance was locked, and the rear of the castle was covered in graffiti. I didn't stop at the castle, I walked past it towards St Catherine's Chapel, which, although ruined, it's possible to walk around inside. The chapel has suffered, much the same as the castle over the last couple of hundred years, and it's a shame to see it today, mostly decayed away to nothing, roofless, and merely a shadow of its former glory. There is a large area to explore within the chapel, and it makes you wonder how magnificent this would have been in its heyday. As I explored in silence, I felt the chapel had a very intense atmosphere, borderline oppressive. I felt like an intruder and I shouldn't be there. I slowly walked around taking photos, looking behind me constantly. I was on edge, and I felt like I was being followed, 
which was almost certainly paranoia on my part. I didn't ask out loud for whoever may be with me to give me a sign, as there's a main road very close and I didn't want to draw attention to my presence. All of a sudden something landed with a bang at my feet. I turned my torch on for the first time since I'd arrived and shone it at the ground. There were lots of stones lying around my feet, but not much else. As I was looking at the ground, another object landed near me, but this time I saw it land. It was a stone. I wondered how it could have got there. I don't think it could have fallen, because I was in the centre of the building, and despite there being no roof, where would it have come from? Could somebody passing on the road roughly 25 metres from where I was stood have seen my camera flash and thrown a stone at me to spook me? I walked over to the wall that surrounds the castle and its grounds and peered over into the area illuminated by streetlights. There was no one around. It was silent. So where had these two stones come from? Since I knew that I was alone and there was nobody around, I spoke out. Is anybody there? Can you give me another sign? I waited quietly, expectantly, but nothing happened. Can you throw a stone at me? It was quiet. The oppression I'd felt earlier was gone. I moved on. I headed towards the woods where the group two nights earlier had heard the sound of horses racing towards them at speed. However, I didn't make it to the woods. As I was walking down the steps past the castle towards the absolute darkness of the woodland, I heard a loud bang to my right. It made me jump and my heart started to race. Who was there? Was I not alone? I looked to my right. The only thing to my right was Hilton Castle. Without overthinking it, I raced round to the front of the castle to see if there was anybody there. There wasn't. I stood alone outside that huge wooden door, looking around, wondering what could have caused the noise. I wondered if perhaps somebody was messing with me. They could have banged on the door, then ran round to the other side of the castle while I was running round to the front. As I stood there considering what could have happened, there was another equally loud bang. This time there was no doubt whatsoever about where it came from. It came from inside Hilton Castle. The castle has been closed for decades. Nobody can get inside. There could be nobody in there. So what the hell caused that noise? There's a gap under the door of maybe an inch. So I got down on my hands and knees and shone my torch underneath it. Seeing if I could see anything. And sure what I was looking for or hoping to see. I couldn't see anything, just darkness. So I took some photos under the door with my flash on as best I could. And they showed nothing either. I stood there, outside this near 600 year old fortress, trying to rationalise what could have caused these two loud bangs. Even now with 18 years of reflection time, I still can't explain it away. I waited, but the sound never happened for a third time, so my attention returned to the woods. The woods intrigued me, as books, articles and websites that include the ghosts of Hilton Castle never mention the woods. If they are haunted, then I sure as hell don't know what by. The previous groups had experienced strange happenings in the woods, so to the woods I would go. The woods are fairly scary during the day, so they are extremely spooky at night, even more so when you're all alone. I knew I had to keep my imagination under control as I entered. I turned on the torch which cut through the darkness, lighting my way through the overgrown trees and bushes. As I headed further into the dense woodland, I could hear twigs snapping behind me, 
almost as if somebody was following me. I told myself that it could be anything though, animals perhaps. I kept on walking, it was eerily silent. I took half a dozen or so photos to see if I could pick anything up on camera. As I stood looking through the photographs I'd just taken, the silence was broken by the sound of a rogue breeze whistling through the trees. It was followed by an altogether more worrying sound. A voice carried on the breeze. A female voice that said, Go. Every hair on my body stood on end. Could I have just imagined that? I regained my composure and looked around. I tried to tell myself that maybe it was somebody talking in the park, and it was merely a whisper by the time it had reached me. But in reality I knew that the park was far too far away for that to be true. I couldn't even see the park anymore. Every fibre of my being was telling me to run, to get out of there. But I didn't. I stood still, and I waited, and I heard nothing more. Making my way back through the woodland, I never made a sound, hoping I would hear the voice again, but at the same time, desperately not wanting to hear it. After leaving the woods, I headed back to the car, and back to the safety of my flat. What a night I'd had. I'd heard loud bangs coming from inside the castle, and I can't think of any logical explanation for that. It certainly wasn't my imagination, these bangs were far too loud. Stones landed at my feet that can't have fallen from anywhere, they both landed very close to me, as if they were perhaps aimed at me, or at least meant to get my attention. Perhaps the cowled lad was trying to give me a fright. I heard a voice say go when I was in the woods. This could have been my imagination. I'd have loved to have had others with me to back up what I thought I'd heard. I don't think I imagined it, but I guess I'll never know. Perhaps one day, especially now the castle is actually accessible, I might be able to get permission to go and investigate it properly, and discover a little more of Hilton Castle's secrets. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at at HowHauntedPod, or over on Instagram at HowHauntedPod, where you will see photos galore relating to Hilton Castle. If you want to get in touch, you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com, or you can email me directly at rob at how-haunted.com. Feedback, location, suggestions and your own experiences are all more than welcome. Feel free to ask me any questions you like, and I'll answer them all on a dedicated Q&A episode. If you'd like to support the show and get early access to episodes, you can join the Patreon for less than the price of a pint. You'll get access to exclusive episodes where you can join me on an actual paranormal investigation, and you'll hear the audio as it happened. There's five episodes of this nature waiting for you right now. If you aren't a fan of Patreon, or perhaps would prefer to make a one-off donation to the podcast, why not donate £2 to buy me a coffee? All the information on how you can support How Haunted is in the podcast description and over on the website. If you've enjoyed this episode, if enjoy is the right word, then please subscribe and review the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. It really does help other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, we're headed to a remote location high up in the moorlands of Northumberland, where a monument to murder is situated. 
1791, a kindly old lady was murdered, and the three perpetrators were executed, with one of the three, William Winter, having his body hung in a gibbet cage as an example to others. Once the wildlife had picked his bones clean, they were spread out in the area. Winter has never found peace, and is said that his restless ghost still roams the area. But would I encounter William Winter for myself when I visited after darkness had fallen? Let's find out together next week, when we visit the macabre monument of Winter's Gibbet. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again. Stay safe, and join me next time, when we will once again ask the question, How haunted?